Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What is up, Micah? I'm chilling, Stevie Stacks. How you doing on this uh, Tornado Friday? (laughs) (laughs) Tornado Friday. Yeah, man, it was crazy earlier. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, keeping shelter. Um, Then the sun came out again, made a beautiful rainbow, enjoyed that with the family. And you know this, hey, that's like a that's like life, right? You know, past the storm passes, you get a nice rainbow, you get a nice sunshine, and life keeps going, and, and you keep growing. That's how we do. Yes, um, sir. <laughs> well, this is episode two hundred and thirty of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, Uber, Lyft, Home Away, all that fun stuff. Podcast, Share Economy podcast, short term rental podcast in the world, coming at you from Arlington and Fort Worth, Texas. Yes, sir, man. It has been, I don't know if it's been a while since the last me and you at, but uh, it might have, might be since this episode comes out. I don't know. It's been, I think, but uh, yeah, we got so many in the bag, but yeah, man. So man, how's things been going on your end, Stevie Sex? Things are, you know, every, you know, it seems like I always say it's hectic and it, it's pretty much always hectic and it's always at our... <laughs> It's funny as you do this entrepreneurial thing, right? As it starts building upon itself and being becoming like the snowball that it is, you're like, okay, okay. After this project, I'm gonna stop, take a break, slow down. We're gonna rebuild this thing, and then of course, five more opportunities pop up, and and then you grab like two or three of them. And you're like, it, it's just, I don't know. I can't stop, won't stop. I guess. Oh, I got a question. Yeah. Are they good pickups or bad pickups? Or are you and if they are, are you suffering from shiny object syndrome? You know, I I I'd like to think that I've learned from uh to shy away from shiny objects in, in a sense, because there are some that come available that came available that I've diverted to other people and that I haven't picked up myself, even though it was very tempting to pick up myself. And then the ones and I being more so a little bit more selective, but even that, you know, even that is still a lot of good opportunities that come across just because the pure numbers that we're doing as far as like, we're, we're over 70 units now. Right. Mm-hmm. And we got, you know, we got quite a few clients and then that, that word of mouth is spreading. And then, um, and then with that more opportunities keep getting thrown at us and, and um, like the other day, it, just by reaching out to someone on this is, I mean, I'm not, I haven't been on the socials in a, in a little while, but I did reach out to someone a few months ago because uh, they did this cool spot in Fort Worth, right? And I was like, we love Fort Worth. That's that's our that's where we want to be. You know, we got a couple there, and we manage a few there. But we were always looking, and it's hard to get, it's hard to find spots there. But this this girl made this beautiful place, and I was like, oh, it's really cool. You designed it, and you did all this stuff, and you know, I reached out to her, and she's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, um, if you ever find another spot, you know, in Fort Worth, you know, something similar to yours, let me know, and I'll pay you to design it. And she goes, oh, well, design. I don't know if I I never thought of doing design for us other people. I was like, well you could do it for me. I was like, and I, you know, threw out her number and she said, wow, that sounds good. Yeah, I'll do it. You know, I'll be looking and didn't even think nothing of it. Right. And then like a, like a few days ago, she reached out, Hey, this unit popped up at my place, you know, just like mine. And, 
and here's so-and-so talk to her and this and that and they usually don't allow short-term rentals but if you they you know they know me i do it and then just like uh like that and and then i was so i i put in the application and yesterday and they're gonna let me know you know in a couple of days you know doing the corporate op- application and all that stuff and i'm like man that's just 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 complimenting someone just just telling them they're doing a good job just asking them how you can help them and then and then it comes back back to you it, it, it like tenfold man and so like <laughs> that's a fed is happy because oh shit yeah we want a fort worth unit and it's a beautiful unit prime location and i'm like man and i wasn't even trying to you know i even forgot about that i wasn't even trying to pick up a, a, a new well okay i followed up a couple times you know there's money in the follow-up you know just going hey how you doing anything blah, blah blah and yeah always follow up but i didn't i didn't think none of it was going to come of it you know because she's oh nothing yet nothing yet nothing yet and then all of a sudden hey i got something you want it fuck okay <laughs> what you said does come tenfold man if you put out put out there what you do Hey, this is what we're trying to do. People will come back, especially on the follow-up. Like today, earlier, I don't know if this will manifest into something, but it might. So earlier we were in the gym working out and I noticed all the Arlington fire rescue was in there working out. Um, One guy's he's getting ready to run out. He got a call on his radio and uh, I seen him get a call on the radio and he was getting ready to run out. And uh, I just so happened to be by the front desk and he wanted to grab a drink. So what I did was I bought his drink for him. I was like, hey, man, thanks for what you do. I bought his drink for him because they're in there all the time. My goal is to build rapport with everyone because they know where all the burned down houses are. So now, <laughs> yeah, so so I'm like, hey, you know, so I just kind of built that rapport with them and I work out with them all the time. You know, I see them all the time. So, yeah, just planting those little seeds and letting them know what you do. Hey, we're a short term rental company. We buy houses. That's what I did. And, you know, so now hopefully that turns into something. But um, like. As far as that follow-up game goes, man, like we followed up with this guy the other day and, you know, we found out he's terminally ill and we're just kind of looking for more properties to buy, but dude owns 40 plus properties across the Mm. DFW. And I was like, dang, but you know, and we keep rapport with them, you know, uh, Mahogany always sends him stuff, you know, Hey, words of encouragement, but uh, just in that follow-up game and building rapport with people, man, it, it goes a long way and people really appreciate it. For sure, man. That's that's a that's a big thing right there. Like you said, the rapport. Um, there was, <laughs> I almost pulled off the this this crazy deal, right? Because yeah. I told you about a, a Grand Prairie house that we picked up, mm-hmm. and and we're right when I was before I even closed the negotiations. Thank you for um, I mentioned it briefly on the on the last podcast we did at the end. You know, we do our back and forth, but I'd write it. At towards the end of the negotiations and thank god i read that book um uh, never split the difference because otherwise i would have probably not even negotiated just took whatever okay that's a great property for a great price okay i'll take it no i just i kept asking for things and just asking for things and and then um and i and i learned from the book you know i started off you know uh, anchor number and then you know go more towards their number and then at the very end of the deal, when y'all are at a kind of a deadlock, throw in a few things that don't cost you nothing, right? That was a cool points right there. I said, oh, well, how about, you know, you can give me this, we can have an optional third year at this price, you know, and I'll pay that, which is optional. So I don't have to pay it, you know what I'm saying? But it sounds like a cool deal. And yeah. then I and, and I said something else. I, I threw something else in there that didn't cost me nothing. Just to sweeten the pot in a way that didn't come out of my pocket, you know? Yeah. And then we were able to close the deal at, at the price we wanted. You know, it's like, wow, this shit works, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and um, 
So right before I even signed the documents, I saw a thing pop up on the OWL, the OWL insurance, you know, that network that finds, you know, insurance uh, claims and they put people in houses. And and it was someone that wanted a spot in Grand Prairie, uh, you know, a house, and they wanted to pay this much money. They wanted to pay about 3500 you know, and that's, you know, for a house, it's okay. You know, we want to get more, but, you know, I'll, I wouldn't turn it down. Yeah. And um, and the rent is about 2200 right? So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we'll make the spread, you know, minus utilities, it's still a good payday. Yeah. And and so um and the thing is with this with this um uh, particular uh posting, it said it it wants a house that's unfurnished. Oh yeah, okay. And I was like, holy crap. I, I reached out to them. I said I might have one, you know, I sent them the information. I said, "Okay, it looks good, looks good. You know, when can my client see it? You know, she can go today." And I haven't even signed the paperwork yet. So, uh, I can't do it today, but I could probably do tomorrow or the next day, you know, kind of thing. I got to still sign the freaking lease, right? <laughs> and I didn't have the place yet. And so, um, so I ended up signing the lease and we got we got through all that and then I told her, "Okay, they can go check it out, you know, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I I can go there and meet you there." And and I showed the lady and then it was just like this uh, middle-aged, well, you know, I don't know, 60-something, 70, I don't know, white lady that that just told me her whole life story. And all I did was listen, right? And she just Absolutely. wanted something to talk talk to, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And just sitting there, I mean, all like her whole sad life story and this and that, you know, so, you know, that's, you know, I'm sorry about that. We'd love to host you. You know, just just listen. Just listen to people, right? Talk, and, shut up. That's all you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then shut up. <laughs> and, and so um formed a great rapport. It didn't it didn't work out because it was just a little too far from where she wanted to be. And we have some units that are closer to where she wants to be, but they're furnished. And I'm not gonna take out all my furniture to because this company, the way they do it. They want a piece of the pie too, and they get paid for furnishing places. Okay, you know, so they don't. It ain't gonna get no money extra cherry on top if they don't get to furnish the place. You know, it's a weird, it's a weird deal. Yeah. But anyways, so um, that didn't work out. But I'm, you know, I'm you know, so I went ahead and started the process of, of getting it put together for um, you know, short term, mid term, long term rental. Um, love Grand Prairie, you know, you know me, and yeah. so uh, and that's where we're at with that, and so. It's just like, like you said, rapport, just, just forming, who knows, this lady might reach out to me again in the future that I made a rapport with the, with the lady from, I guess was CRS, whatever that, you know, she's going to send me some listing, you know, some, some, you know, people that, that need housing in the future. You just, just start forming relationships, man. It, it, it leads to stuff. So, man, it does. It does. It's funny. Speaking of Grand Prairie, I'm in the same kind of boat. I have a, uh, we have a deal on the line over there that we're going to try to meet the seller. She went on vacation her and her husband, but they're uh, basically selling a huge portfolio, huge portfolio, huge chunk of their portfolio. And it's a house that needs a lot of work in Grand Prairie. And we were like, Oh man. So I don't know if we're going to keep it. We might end up most likely end up wholesaling to somebody. Um, And then just kind of building that rapport. Like you said, man, they know who we are. We sent them a nice little family Christmas card, uh, holiday card with our face on it. So they always remember us in the back of it, you know, our company name, share BNB. So always remember us. Uh, it's just that rapport is huge, man. If you can just sit, I'm not good at sitting, shutting up and listening because I'm like, uh, end up going to sleep. That's Mahogany's thing. So we know our strengths and weaknesses. So Mahogany's good at calling people, building that rapport and just listening. So that is huge. Mm, yeah, it is, man. And and it doesn't, I mean, like I said, it, it just comes back at the, at the craziest times. You get a phone call. Hey, I remember blah, blah, blah. And I was going to ask you, because you, you had, you had tried this out 
with the um uh, what's that system where where people log into the to the internet and then they have to put in their email and and stay stuff. Fi. Stay five. Stay five. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You still using that? Hell yeah. Okay, that's what I was gonna ask because Feta is like, okay, we want to get some more direct bookings, this and that. And he was showing me these things. He was writing up how to attract past guests to come book with us again, whatever. We haven't had a big success rate. You know, we haven't really tried anything, first of all. But to y'all, because, yeah, the thing Fetty sent, send them to Airbnb. I was like, they can't search on that. That was been my biggest problem on there. Oh, for the profile when they send yeah, the, that the pro marketing page. The issue with it is the search, but go, go ahead and I'll, I'll give you guys some stuff that I'm using. Go ahead. Yeah. And there's, and he has reasons why he wants to send them to Airbnb. I think he said it in that, in that thing. But, yeah. um, so, so we wrote like, a you know, trying to work on some kind of script, uh, email market, you know, past guests. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, and that's the thing too, cause, cause Airbnb no longer gives the emails out right like way back in the day they'd give the emails to your guests you'd have their email and you have their phone number you know oh quick tip on that too just real quick to stop you anybody who does have guest emails through airbnb be careful because those emails are monitored so if you do send direct booking stuff they can ban you for it wait a minute what do you what do you mean how how can they be monitored their personal emails no, no, no. They've they've never gave out personal emails. They gave out an email block that they goes through Airbnb and then goes to the guest. So if you if you like if a guest checks out, right? And let's just say, and it's in their rules. I can I, I don't have the rule right in front of me, but I read it now. I actually turned off their email system. So I don't get the guest emails anymore at all. I I just connect it straight through Stayfy. Basically, it says, hey, uh, you know. You can use this to send a contract or an agreement to the guest. But if you send anything regarding direct bookings to the guest, they do have the right to ban you. Oh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that, that that definitely is a factor. If you're using that little, it comes through as like a user email. If you if you click the little button, if you go to your account and you say that you're a professional host and you use like a PMS, yeah, they'll, they'll give you the email. I turned it off though, because what was happening is I had it on and anyone who books hostfully, I have my hostfully in my MailChimp set up. So when people book, Oh, I got your email. It, I have automatic emails, direct booking emails going out to you. And once I got that notification, I was like, Oh fuck this. I turned that shit off. Yeah. I was like, Oh yeah. Cause I set my stuff up to be automated. Like everything's automated. So when they log into StayFi, cool. You log in, you get the, the um, welcome message. Then you get another message 10 days later, 30 days later, 60 days later, 90 days. So I have it kind of like on a journey. Uh, it's called customer journey in uh, MailChimp. And you can just keep sending that out to guests. But I, I only do it with uh, MailChimp and StayFi. Because once you start using that email, Airbnb email, it's monitored. So be careful with that. Would you mind sharing what you write What you write to your past guests? Um, we just write. It's very simple. Let me find MailChimp real quick. I'll read you mine real quick while you're looking at that. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. So, I mean, this is just a write-up, you know. I put, like, you know, hi, so-and-so. It's Stephen from Argus Reynolds. We hope you're doing great. We're reaching out to our amazing past guests like you to let them know how much we appreciate their business. We're offering our past guests super deals and stellar discounts throughout the holiday season and beyond. 
book now at any of our prime locations and take advantage of these amazing savings or these money saving offers at Argus, making our guests happy is our number one goal and we would love nothing more than to be your go-to provider for many of your uh, for many of your accommodation needs we want to thank you by extending great deals on repeat stays and providing exceptionally clean stays convenient self-check-ins and checkouts uh, outstanding customer service and above all great value thank you again for staying with us and continuing to stay with us uh, we look forward to serving you and follow us and send us a message on ig Ar at Argus rentals uh, for an additional 10 percent off future stays bonjour something like that okay let me uh pull mine up um but one thing i was telling you because i know well one of the reasons was uh you guys don't have discount codes on your website right was the we reason. don't. Okay, so here, here's your answer to that. Like, what you could do to do to wait till you get discount codes, go into your Hostfully app and raise your Airbnb prices 10% on the rate multiplier. So when they go directly to your site, they automatically see 10% off because they're going to log in. Oh, I ain't paying no host guest fee, no service fees, and I get a 10% discount. So they're winning all the way and you're winning as well. So therefore, you don't have to set up a discount code. You can go ahead and set up a discount code for all the holidays to use in the future. But for now, just a quick reference point, always list your Airbnb price like 10% higher. I, I list my Airbnb price 10% higher. My Verbo is 15 and my booking.com is 20. So then every time they come to my website, no matter who it is, I, I, I best, and another thing I did today was I turned on every single channel and hostfully and I toggled them all to on. So I'm out there everywhere. But on all those channels, I made sure is a minimum of a 10% boost if you if you pay on one of those. And then I'm automatic a 10% discount if you come to my website. Okay. So now go ahead. No, that, that, I like that, man. And that's what I was thinking. Um, that's uh, the best way to do it is using something like StayFi and it's sending, you know, a MailChimp and automatically sending them emails. Now, what what would you say is your success rate on getting past guests to stay again? Uh, my success rate on past guests, like we just got one who was left and came back. I don't have a percentage, but it usually works for those that are looking to like, not pay the Airbnb service fee, but it's, it's, I have a past guest in right now who booked for 30 days because he has a person in the hospital and he's like, Hey man, I want to come back. Um, and I was like, Hey, go to the website, get a 10% discount. Uh, but maybe when it's something like that, I always call him. Yeah. Oh, and that's another thing. You got to pick up the phone. Now, now did uh, he mention, I'll give oh, you real quick. This is one where you would say, so we send them, um, basically we'll send them an email after 10 days. It'll say something like, Oh, we forgot to give you your 10% off discount when you book directly with share BNB. And it'll have a picture of the properties. Um, and then we'll say, we'd like to thank you again for staying with share BNB during your last visit to little rock. So they get a separate email depending on where they visited. So if they visited Dallas, they get the Dallas pictures and then they get the, um, Hey, thanks for coming to the Dallas area. Mm. So basically that's how, how it is. But yeah, now go ahead. Now, now, let's say, did he mention anything that um, it about a e the email, you know, helped him to, you know, motivated him to rebook? I mean, is there any evidence that no? Because we've had people re uh, book with us again just out of just because, just out of you know, we hadn't done no marketing, nothing. Book how though? 
Um, on Airbnb, and they've done they've done Airbnb. Yeah, and so um, yeah. If there, people who rebook on Airbnb, they usually have a really good experience at that place. Um, rebooking on Airbnb, I have a pretty high success rate. Booking direct, they'll rebook after they book direct one time. Like they'll book through Airbnb, and be like, oh, we can get a cheaper discount if we book direct, right? And then they'll yeah. book direct, and then. I've not now I haven't had too much success rate after they book direct and book direct again. I haven't had that yet. I probably had one or two. Right, 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 right. But you can rest assured if you are on your marketing, like if you this is one thing I tell people if you ain't collecting guest emails outside of the platform, if you ain't guest collecting guest emails, you're you're messing up. You know what I mean? You need to be put that on your stay file when they log in. However else you get, it. I think you guys use the guidebooks, right? Um, so yeah, if you use the guidebooks to get it, just make sure those guidebooks are connected to your mail mar- email marketing campaign. And uh, one cool thing about Mailchimp, they can actually skip trace who the person is, and you can send them holiday gift cards to the direct address. That's powerful because you can put your logo on that. Nice. Yeah. Now, now, speaking of collecting the the emails, so now is this a violation? Here, here's the thing: at this one spot, we we have two units. It's a uh, off Lovers Lovers Lane and in, in, in I'm sorry, Dallas, close to Love Field. These units do good as as midterms, but here's the thing: they they can only just recently in the last year we used to do both, you know, midterms and air, you know, short term stays, whatever. And they just really been cracking down a lot in the Airbnb. It's never really been legal there. They've always turned a blind eye. But of course, you know the drill. Another management company takes over and all that stuff. And so the HOA there is um, they just sent out a letter that I mean, they've always been they've been coming a little more strict, but they sent out a letter and, and that said that um, they hired a company that's going to monitor if there's Airbnb activity going on at the place, you know, uh, Airbnb snipers compliance. It, something like, yeah, well, yeah, I guess not the city. They named some company that they hired to, to monitor. To, and, and of course our, our people are, um, the, because they're arbitrages, our um, landlords they sent us the letter and said, Hey, could you send us a copy of your current uh, leases that you have with your guests? And I said, well, at first I sent a screenshot of the, airbnb booking and said look these are 30 day plus stays and you know and they were right and and then i said um do if you need a lease or something like that let me know and i'll and i'll you know i can work one up for you and so they one of them said yeah i could use you know lease just something to send to them and and so they um you know i went on law depot when i you know i use lawdepot.com i like it's pretty fucking cool but anyways enough about the, the apps but yeah. I went in there, whipped one up, and I even told the lady, we, we sent a text message. I said, hey, listen, you know, the the HOA is putting, you know, putting in a new policy that you have to, we have to have like a, a lease in place. Even if you book through Airbnb, we have to kind of have a lease in place. I know you've been there a couple of weeks already, but you mind signing this thing? It's, just, it's pretty much mirrors what the, your Airbnb booking is anyways. And, and she said, no, no, that's fine. It's cool with it, you know. And she even, it's funny, she even gave us a little tidbit of information. She didn't tell us yet. I'll, she, I'll probably be leaving a, a week early, by the way, because I got a thing, you know. She, she didn't ask for no money back. She's just saying, just, yeah, because it goes, but, that's, you know, the lease says, you know, four, uh, 30 days, four weeks, whatever. She goes, she's going to leave. I was like, damn, we could book it, you know. <laughs> earlier anyways that's beside the point um so she was cool with it she signed it you know in the in signed it in we hello sign it's called dropbox sign whatever she signed the lease right and we sent it to to them so here's my thing you know long story short really long story longer um 
I told Fede, okay, let's put it in the because maybe some people aren't going to be as cool as this lady. Let's put it in our house rules that hey, per the HOA, you must have a a lease in place, even if it's a booking over thirty days, even if you know you book through Airbnb, VRBO, or whatever, you know, or you know, have it in the in the house rules for our, you know, you have to, we have and and we need to be able to email you this lease, blah blah blah. So in other words, we're asking for their email, but we're putting it on the HOA because. The HOA, here's the thing, you know, some of the HOAs will ask, we need a, an email, a phone number, and the name of every guest that comes through. Now, if we ask for that through the Airbnb in our house rules, is that a violation? No, because you, what you can do is that's when that's the time you turn on that little toggle button that you need their email. And you're, if you're, as long as they see you're just sending documentation for your HOA, you're good. Yeah, but you said it's not really their email that you're looking at. Correct, but you're not asking for any direct booking. You're not saying, "Hey, book direct with me." Get no, off. yeah, but that I was thinking of that being a roundabout way of of collecting emails. You know, I mean, you could, but I mean, they're they're not looking for that. As long as you're something something legitimately to them, that's all they care about. Mm-hmm. They understand you need their email. That's why they have that feature there. So if you turn that feature on and you're just sending whatever to them, they're fine. But if you're sending like you know, illicit, book direct, things like that, then, uh, yeah, they can flag you. But, yeah, you can have – you can do that all day. Okay. I guess I guess my whole point was um, if if I can put it on the HOA yeah. to get their real emails – no, no, to get their real emails so I can collect – we can collect their emails that way, right. and they can't say nothing about it. No. And then just have it in your house rules. Yeah, exactly. You're good all day on that. And then I can um, – then we can email market the hell out of them. Yeah, but I mean, that's not your main category of getting their email anyway, right? I mean, that's just the way to get it. But I mean, your your main markets, your your host books, your guide books, right? Um, and how is that working for y'all? I'm not, you know, I don't think, I don't think we're really diving into that too much. The guide books. Yeah, I think we we had toyed with it, but I don't, we're not well, using how it. How y'all really. get emails? Um, oh, wait a minute. He's harvesting them somehow. I guess is that what he told you? He's getting them all through the guidebook. Yeah, like at this point, how, how big is y'all email list? It should be bigger than mine because if y'all do at seventy, mm-hmm. let's say you got two. How long y'all been at seventy? Like a few weeks, but now we're we're crossing that line. Yeah, yeah um, you guys should be collecting a heavy amount of emails. That's like at right. this point in your guys' business, that should be a huge key piece to your business because mm-hmm. you. You want to really, I mean, having being on the OTAs is cool, but once you hit that 70 scale, collect those emails, man. I would use StayFi. Like, I pay StayFi, and I, dude, I probably have just in mind, just from people who've stayed, yeah, we have 1,200 emails. Damn. How much does StayFi cost? Like, I think 5 to $14 a month. I think like $5 a month. For each property? Yeah, each pro- each yeah each StayFi device that you use. Oh, okay. And how much is that device to buy? Ooh, that device like eighty. But I mean, it's a wash because that's starting. That's part of your startup cost. Right, right. Yeah, it's right, worth right. it though. Like they even matter of fact, StayFi. This is the best part about StayFi. They have email marketing campaigns. They'll just give you, and you can throw in Mailchimp. <laughs> that's nice. basically a lot. Yeah, that's what I do. Like. Stay Stay is going to be an industry disruptor with all the stuff that they're doing. They're going deep on email marketing, um, 
text marketing. That's another thing they do have. They have text marketing and I do have their text marketing. Now, do you like, you think that's a good idea? Sending people text messages? Uh, I, oh yes. One, I can, I have a story about that, but um, I have not used it on the short-term rental side and I know it'll be effective. Um, Cause you get, you know, we, you know, we're trying to pick up properties and one thing that we're doing is um, texting people, bro. You give up, you have such a high hit rate when it comes to text. It's, it's crazy, man. Yeah. It's crazy. So yeah, I would definitely, if you guys can do texting, do it all day. Hmm. So here, matter of fact, the funny thing is I'm pulling it up right now. So right now I have on the tech side, I have 222 tech subscribers and for them to receive text, they have to opt in. So those are people that want to receive texts. Oh, wow. So I'm about to do that. This I'm about to have my VA do this shit right now. Uh, I'm about to set up. A, that's why I love the Friday podcast. I'm just loading up stuff for my VA to do. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, it, it's been, it's been working pretty well. So, so actually I sent the campaign out to get 10% off. 23 messages were sent, 17 were delivered. And then pe three people clicked on the 10% off link. Now, I don't know how many people actually used it. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that man, StayFi is the truth. If you can get into StayFi, man, get into it, dude. Yeah, we do. We definitely need to try that, man. We, we need to try that. Um, Man, so I spoke with uh with Ann a little bit from Kim and Ann. Remember Kim oh, and Ann to come on our show? Somebody just hit me up about them too. Uh, a fan of the show just hit me up about them asking because they're trying to get into the salon suites. It's crazy how this world, just everything connects. It's probably the same dude that hit me up trying to get in. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> a fan of the show. I, I did end up hooking them. They finally they, yeah. they finally connected, you know. Yeah. But she's out there hustling, man. It's funny. Everybody has a different approach to, to business, right? And and hers is she she don't like debt. She hates debt. She don't want to get into it. She says not just because you know she understands how it accelerates your business or whatever, but she just don't like to do things because she has to because to pay the debt, you know. So it's, it's her different approach. And um, of course, and she she said they're in the middle of some huge projects right now. A ton of a ton of things going crazy. It's just it's pretty hectic for them right now. But they you know they'll always end up on top. Yeah, they're gangsters. Um, yeah, Kim and Ann are doing the salon suite arbitrages over there. Um, <laughs> some I noticed speaking of business, speaking of trying different things out, whatever. Um, you've been to a dollar store lately, dollar 25 store? No, I have not. Dollar Tree. Well, what <laughs> I don't know how this relates to short term rentals or whatever, but I walked down this certain aisle, right? I walked down this certain aisle. And it was, um, all the stuff was pretty nice. It was like, dang, they got some cool things here, man. Some really nice stuff, right? And, and um, started looking at it. And I was, then I noticed underneath it, everything was $5. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? This, they have a $5 aisle now at the dollar store. Wow. Well, yeah, I ain't been in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't know, to bring it all the way around, you know, it's, it's, you never know, even if, okay, here, I'm going to try to land this plane, right? <laughs> As they say. So you go to a dollar store. Okay. The whole CEO, the whole execs, we got to, we got to market. We got to sell things for a dollar because that's what our customers demand. This and that, this and that. I bet someone in the room says, Hey, how about we do a $5 aisle? What the fuck? This is a dollar store. And it's probably like going to make them a shit ton of money because they're upselling 
something that people just probably wouldn't think that dollar store people are going to go buy five dollar things right at the dollar store but i bet they're going to sell a bunch of them i know it might be a great idea it might be a good idea for us to upsell things in our business that we wouldn't you wouldn't regularly think that someone's oh no one's going to pay five dollars for a soda ten dollars for a popcorn they'll pay that shit bro yes i really will that's <laughs> why uh i mean i've kind of been told like I- i'm actually really into um and who came on the show about making more money six thousand dollars per year on your airbnb by simply upselling things that are inside of the unit i think that's something that's definitely going to be coming um and i think it's something you can be looking at you know because if you're making six thousand dollars a year extra on a unit i'm like what you're up to 70 that's that's a cash cow at scale you know what i mean (laughs) so you got to start looking at stuff like that man that 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 is also it's it's a, a amenity and an add-on. And by the way, speaking of that, Airbnb just added a whole bunch more categories. I don't know if y'all are aware of that. Oh, yeah. Like rice cookers, all that. I am going to start getting that stuff and making sure I have it in my uh, Airbnb. I think Sean brought that one up a long time ago, having a rice cooker. I think he brought it up a while ago. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to be looking to ha- add, add as many amenities as possible um, because – in order to get booked on Verbo, they the, the dude told me he he goes they they want you to have at least sixty plus amenities checked. I was mm-hmm. like, damn. He goes, yeah, because they want vacation rental people to come in. He goes, he because he told me he goes, I noticed your bit listings are more of tor- catered towards business travelers. And I was like, yeah, they are. So Verbo probably isn't my place, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The um the rice cooker that's an interesting thing, especially. That would be a great idea in our Houston units. We tracked a lot of Asians in our Houston wow. units, you know. Yeah. And and uh, but we be sure to put a sticker on there that says no curry. Man, that yeah, that that's a hard smell to get out of. Now. <laughs> yeah. Man, Sorry. I love to eat. I love curry. I love to eat it, man. But man, whoo, deep cleans to get that out. Ooh. <laughs> There's a couple get that gonna out. Have, gonna have to throw them sofas out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd have been there before. Man, you know, it's it's just funny. We talk about everything on this show. That's you know, when Steve when Steve says that, you know he's getting into some stuff. Um <laughs> but we we I remember man, me and Federico we were setting up a unit when he was actually here in one of his trips. And we went to a house, the, the, um, this futon looked really nice, you know, whatever. Went to go check it out before we even got to the door, just a big old hoof of that curry smell, dude. They opened up the door. They greeted us. They walked us inside. I mean, it was, that curry smell was so strong. We saw the thing and he's like, yeah, well, you know, here it is. You know, here's, you like the price, you know, we, we can, you got a truck. And I was like, it looks all right, man, but I don't think it's going to work out, bro. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't buy it, man. I mean, no offense, you know, no offense. That's what they always say, right? That's what um, Kyrie and um, Kanye said. But <laughs> but that curry smell, dude, it is strong. And, and there's no way I could have bought that thing, you know. They'd have to sell it to another Indian family. But um, speaking of Kanye and and, um, and Kyrie, yeah, they mess with the wrong tribe. You can't, you can't come back from messing with that tribe, bro. You just, that's one thing you don't mess with. Nah, you can't. That's why you they got you to, in your pockets right there. That's why you got to be in 100% control of your cash, bro. 
For real. <laughs> you got to do that shit the Master P way, bro. Hey, walk in there and tell them you distribute my shit. I don't work for you. <laughs> if you're an athlete or a rapper, you man, I'm telling you, $40 million slave. This book came out for a reason. But hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, anyways, get off politics. <laughs> Hey, I'm just saying, you sign that dotted line. What the fuck you signing, bro? <laughs> G. Prince and Master P, it, man. What? Uh, He's knocking on um, Sketcher's door. Please. Yeah, let's look yeah. up. Let's sell some shoes. <laughs> oh, no, no. Kanye paid out. He good. Yeah. He good. Is yeah. He lot, yeah. he lost his... Adidas ain't about to make money. You thought about him? Buying... Hell no. Nah. <laughs> like buying Yeezys because Adidas on them. Ain't nobody want to sign with no damn Adidas. <laughs> if Allen Iverson chose Reebok over Adidas, yeah, like Kanye's good. He, From what I heard, Adidas still had control of that Yeezy brand, though. Correct. So the yeah. face away from the brand. What is the brand? Nothing. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, but that's the only. But that's a power play. You got to go in 100% control, man. Control your own shit. Mm. So if you go look it up, the Saturday Night Live skit, the Saturday Night Live Sketchers skit is, is so funny, dude. And they talk about, yeah, Kanye came to us, you know, and we said no. He goes, imagine that though. He came to Sketchers. That means we're cool, you know. They came, they went in a whole long thing on what would we even call them? Skeezies? Wow, that is pretty cool. I don't know. It was it was hilarious, man. But um <laughs> Yeah, but I like what you're saying. Yeah, 100% control of your business. And that's what I'm. That's what I preach in short-term rentals. Like, that's why I'm kind of against the whole being 100% on the arbitrage side. Like, person can come and tell you, "Hey, the lease is up. Go ahead and get out." I'm good on that. Like, it's just something I'm not willing to play with. Like, I don't know. Like, one person who I mean, like I just said like Master P. He's the one who really. Like listening to him as a little kid, like he really got me into business. Like the dude was just next level smart. Like they offered him a million dollars and he turned it down. He goes, no, you're offering me a million dollars. You don't even know me. I know I'm worth 20, 30. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm not taking a piece of the pie. And then he signed his deal where he makes 85% and they distribute his product for 15%. 100% control. Cause they knew he, he, they knew he could control, he could distribute without him because he was doing it already. He was distributing on the backseat of his, at the trunk of his car, making money. They seen that. They were like, you know, so yeah, man, it's about having control. That's why I say when you're doing this, and I think we talked about this with, um, I think who, uh, with, uh, Sarah, she said she bought her first one and she got it, got the bug and doesn't want to go back to arbitrage. I'm like, yeah, that, that power control is, it, man, you feel it. You're like, dang, I ain't gotta, you know, I ain't gotta be, Hey, I gotta make my money for the league. You know, that's cool. But yeah, man, that control. Yeah. Is huge. That, that is huge. And, and, and we, I've mentioned it on the show before. I do like arbitrage play. If it's something that you could see yourself buying in the future, you get a relationship yeah. with the owner and then because you get to test drive it, you get to see, oh shit, this thing's making me 5,000 a month, every month, this is shit. So if I buy it at this price, you know, my mortgage is going to be, you know, 2,000 a month. That's a $3,000 spread. Hell yeah, it's a good deal. Now, if it's only making you 2,000 a month, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to buy this thing. I got to test drive it for a year. What's the it's mortgage? Not, it's not putting out. What's the mortgage? No, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. If you I get know. a house and all of a sudden it's a dud, right? And you're right. on an arbitrage and it's a dud. That's right. Yeah, but it's a house. So what's the mortgage? 
If you were to buy it, what's the mortgage? I don't give a shit about Airbnb numbers. Does it cash flow on a long-term lease? If it does, I can Airbnb that bitch. <laughs> okay, okay. Let me break it down like this. I know you always push back a little on my stuff. You know, when I'm, when I'm, I'm here's what I was trying to explain that if it's, let's just say for whatever reason, the house doesn't rent well. And you find out later, there's a septic, tank like a block away it pushes stuff and it stinks all the time or you got some asshole neighbors a karen next door that's really making your life difficult you tried it for a year okay good thing i didn't buy this damn thing right that's what i'm getting at that's what i'm getting at you get to test drive these things that is true see i don't know i guess i think too much like an investor because i've a septic tank issue hey man uh we got a septic tank issue you interested in selling <laughs> hey man this thing will cost you about 15 grand so man you know you interested in selling <laughs> yeah everything's a good deal at the right price right exactly but no I, I see what you're saying but like i do like the play of you know having that 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 option on the table if you're doing a house you know, you can kind of test drive it and me personally, me and, uh, me, me and a, me and a business partner of mine, we're working on this right now. This lady, she's had a kind of a few issues in her house. She fixed a few of them, but there's still issues. So I was telling them, I'm like, man, let's just make an offer on it and tell her, Hey man, here's the issues with the house. You know, we want to keep the lease, but I mean, if you want to sell this thing, you're going to have to do this much work. Mm-hmm. More than likely landlords don't want to do that work. Right. So they are willing to sell it at a discount. Then you get the house at a discount. You ain't got to furnish it. What you can do is get it at a discount. You're already making money on the short-term rental side. Shut down the short-term rental side. Uh, get your hard money. Put the work in. Refinance all your money back out. You're good to go. Nice. Now, would you go one step further? You already said you would pay for an, inspect- an inspection on an arbitrage. You would do that, right? Oh, yes. Okay, that's a great idea. Now, would you go one step further? You, okay, you're talking to this lady. Hey, she knows you. Would you pay for a, an appraisal just to get it appraised by a professional? Then you'll have more ammunition to go to her. Listen, we already had this place, you know. As long as you had this. Yeah, that's going to happen anyway, as long as you have it under contract. Hard no, money. I know that. Yeah, I know that's going to happen anyways. But I'm saying before you even start the discussion with her, you know, well, she's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, my house is worth 500000 You're like, well, actually, we got it. We kind of got it appraised, you know, because we have a buddy and it's going to appraise for three fifty. you know. So let's work with let's work on the numbers a little bit. Mm-mm. I do that. I do my due diligence beforehand. So I don't, so the appraiser is paid for by the hard money. So when I'm talking to her, I'm going to be like, look, this is what's going on over here. This is how much it costs to fix it. So this is why I need it at this price. Or, and then I'll present what I do is because I like for everything to be win-win. I'll tell her, Hey, you can take it to market, make this much money. Probably ain't going to make, you're probably going to make what I'm going to give you in cash. Cause you're going to have to pay realtor fees, whatever. So it's multiple ways to do it. You know what I'm saying? So you can, you can, I, I'm not going to do the appraisal until the hard money comes in and runs that appraisal. Because I'm going to tell the hard money guy, the hard money guy already going to tell his appraisal because I'm going to tell the hard money guy what's wrong, right? Because I'm going to give him a scope of work. He already going to be telling the appraiser, hey man, this, this, and this is wrong. So the appraiser's walking in knowing this shit's fucked up and he's out, and some appraisers are lazy. They just already going to mark off, hey man, your plumbing's fucked up. They already, hard money, our guy already told me anyway, it's in the scope of work. <laughs> I, I remember um when i was knocking off that's another cool aspect of real estate you can why put 20 percent down oh uh, the pmi yeah well i didn't do that in any of my houses i put three percent down got into them hopped to the next one you know how i did it mm-hmm. and then a few years later everything appraised or went up like crazy and then i just went to the bank and paid Pretty for funny. an appraisal 
and and then yeah it just paid for an appraisal and it fell off if it hits that mark where you're you know you got 80 percent equity in the house yeah they, they just pull off the pmi you don't have to refinance or anything so you, you just refinance. do what you didn't refinance well i got low interest rates because i bought them as a owner occupied house right so i i did I, I i looked into it right back when back when so you know you get a better interest rate if you buy a house and live in it right correct so when I was buying them at three, you know, I was getting a three percent interest rate, whatever. I'd move out and go to the next house, and yes, they 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 you know went up a lot. And I looked into refinancing, and it said, well, you know, since it'll be you refinance it as an investment property, it's going to be five percent. And for me, I was like, now five percent sounds cheap, but for me, I was like, I already got it at three. It's locked in at three for thirty years. Why would I? Why would I refinance and then the rate goes up to five percent? You know what I'm saying? Um, I guess pull cash out. That would be a reason, you know, a good reason. Yeah. But but when you refinance it as an investment property, as your own house, yeah, you can refinance and get a low interest rate because you live in it. I guess my question is different. Okay. My question is, the PMI is locked in. It's, what is it? Private mortgage insurance, right? Mm -hmm. So that's locked into the mortgage company. How did they knock that off without a refi? Well, how did they do that? That's what I'm like. Well, you, well Wells Fargo, you pay for uh, an appraisal. You pay for a reappraisal, whatever. Okay. And they send someone out and they appraise your home. And if they, let's say I bought the house for 130 and now it appraises at, you know, 250, then it's, then all of a sudden I got, you know, I got over 80% equity in the house, right? Yeah. So all it has to do is, I'm sorry, I got I got over 20% equity. All it has to do is pass that 20% mark of equity that you have. Correct. And then the PMI falls off. And so the PMI is going to fall off naturally when you get to that point just by making payments. But if you want to, if the houses have appreciated a bunch, you go, you call those Fargo, say, hey, I believe my house is worth a lot more now. So can I pay for that appraisal? And if it appraises and hits that certain mark where I have 20% equity now because it went up so much, then they'll automatically take off the PMI. You don't have to refinance. It's called a, yeah, I what? forgot what it's called, but it's just in like an appraisal, a PMI appraisal, something like that. It's called, yeah. And um, I yeah. Didn't I didn't know that. Because whenever I've ever knocked off PMI, I did it during the pandemic though, right? So I mm -hmm. actually refinanced down to a lower interest rate and removed my PMI. But if you're saying you can do it with an appraisal, mm -hmm. I need to look into that. Because yeah, I have a yeah. few places. You, of course, I ain't going to refinance them right now, but I would definitely use that right now for sure. Well, no, I don't have anything else with PMI, I don't believe. But I didn't know that. Like, I refinanced, but it worked out because I went to a lower interest rate. Yeah, it was a cool thing they offered. And, and, and it is funny because some of the houses, they would allow you to do a, a drive-by appraisal. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much they just drive by the house. Okay, looks good. Yeah, the comp say it's worth as much as worth that much. Then there's another houses, other houses that you have that now they have to do a full appraisal, you know, which costs 300, 300 something bucks. The drive by appraisal costs like 150 bucks, something like that. But, um, but yeah, definitely, definitely. I got all, all my PMIs knocked off except for this house. And I should actually look into that now because it's appraised a whole bunch. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna look into knocking the PMI off this one, which the PMI too crazy expensive on this one. I had a PMI was like over 250 bucks a month, dude. That was mm -hmm. ridiculous. So I got that one knocked off. Um, That's good, man. Because I didn't know that. I thought you had to refinance. I'm learning something tonight. Yes, sir, yeah, man. Definitely looking at that. Like if you are, well, yeah, I would definitely look at that right now with interest rates so high. People locked in a while ago, man. If you could knock off your PMI with an appraisal, 
that's a win all day. Mm-hmm. It's worth that's a hell of a win. It's worth rolling the dice on three hundred bucks, right? Yeah, because I did. <laughs> two, yeah, because I did. Man, I ain't gonna lie. I refinanced everything during the pandemic. I refinanced everything and all my pickups. And so I got everything at the cheap rate. Speaking of rates, you you're buying right now, right? Mm-hmm. What rates are you locking in at? Mm. What did we get on that condo we're closing on? Oh, shit. Around, I think that one was around seven something. Seven. Uh, yeah. It, it it hurts us more because we're it's an investment property, right? Yeah. If you're buying to live in it, a little bit cheaper, you know? Plus, yeah. people are buying, you know, buying down their interest rate a little bit. They're doing that number. Uh, knocking a couple of points down, get it to the fives, I guess, by putting a few thousand, few more thousand on the closing table. Yeah, uh, I went to an open house right around the corner from my house, and that's what he was talking about. He was like, "Yeah, you can buy it down," you know. And it was a realtor, and he was saying, "You know, you can buy it down the rate." You know, I know the market's slowing down, but you can still get get in. And then that house is still sitting over there for sale, man. I was like, people ain't just that seven eight what. Well, my bad. It can probably, I think one of our friends just got locked in at a six and a place he's moving into. That ain't bad. I'd touch a six, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Cause like, I know hard money right now is going to like 11%, 11 and a half, 11 and a, 11 and a quarter on mm. hard money. So if you get in, better get the hell out quick. I mean, <laughs> you're, paying, you're only paying interest, but better get in, get out quick. You know what I mean? So. But I tell people it's all relative, right? I mean, if we, if we even if we had to pay seven eight percent whatever it was and whatever the house we got our mortgage payments you know twenty five hundred if we can make forty five hundred on it it's still a fucking good deal right you're still cash flowing two thousand a month Steve don't fall into running into them short term rental numbers and, <laughs> okay. and properties yeah. off be careful man I know I know be sure the backstop is right there too where you can rent it out for at least twenty five hundred even mm-hmm. if you break even during these high interest rate times I mean. In the future, you can refi, and plus, the, you have renters paying it off for you, right? Yeah, I just kind of be careful right now because it's a, it's a, it's getting muddy out there, and like, my, I'll just share what my mentor said to me. He was telling this, this lady came and said she had this huge amount of cash, right? He was like, mm-hmm. it's like, look, I'm gonna be honest with you. If you're about to buy something to move into, he would wait. He goes. If you want to wait to buy, if you're going to move into something, he said, wait for like a year, it's going to go down. Then you go ahead and buy you something to move into. He goes, everything right now you need to pick up as an investment property and pick it up in a creative strategic way. So then now you're walking in with huge amounts of equity because right now it's a buyer's market. So yeah, I mean, if you're the interest rates is one thing, but if you're, it depends on how you're buying, man, be very careful with how you buy and what you're doing. Cause it's, it's just, it, it, you know, it can look cool on one side, but yeah, just be very careful. Hmm. Yeah. Be careful. Just picking up stuff. I'm I'm not even looking at short-term rental numbers. I only look at long-term because that's what I'm going to lease it out to myself for anyway. Mm-hmm. And then everything else is cake. That's just butter. That's just icing on top of the cake. That's a good point, man. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, Speaking yeah, of man. Look at Dallas. Dallas is getting ugly, man. These regulations. I don't know. <laughs> it's business, right? I know. It's ugly it's with business. these regulations. Like, 
I don't know. Like, I, I don't, it doesn't affect the few units that I have over there. Cause I'm in like the, you know, I'm on the um, commercial side, but mm-hmm. houses, man. Yeah. It, it, it ain't looking pretty, man. It's brutal. So that's why I tell people, especially right now, be very careful. If you're just buying and looking at long short-term rental numbers, you got to look at that LTR, you know, cause man, I don't know. I don't know how Dallas is going to turn out, but it just ain't looking good. How, how, what have you heard on your end? Just what uh, they're on and them are, you know, going back and forth on, you know, we've got some meetings coming up. Um, we've invested quite a bit of money into the cause, you know, we believe, you know, it's, it's, it's an important cause. Cause I mean, if, in, even if like, let's say, Oh, I'm not in the, even in Dallas. Yeah. It's going to spread to other big cities. It's going to spread to other places. We, we can't give up any of our freedoms. We yeah. can't, you know, we should always fight to to save our freedoms. Um, yeah so yeah don't turn a blind eye anybody out there want to donate to the cause hit up there and you know the the str superhero um t-h-e-r-o-n i believe uh anyways he's out there fighting for all of us to keep this short-term rental game going short-term rental game hey okay what let's get a short i do midterm rentals i do long-term you know shit you give them you give the government a little bit of power they might get rid of midterm rentals next they might say anything under a year we can't do anything under two you know you you don't want to give them any power you want to stop it before it it starts the cancer starts to spread so yeah Yeah. help help donate money to the the, to the cause to theron uh str hero you know look them up you'll find them t-h-e-r-o-n um the save the save our industry this is a, an important fight man yeah it's it is man because yeah I'm, I'm looking at more and more places that coming with the bull <laughs> they're coming in hard man i was doug hit it on the head man they're coming for arkansas now it's like damn man <laughs> old oh, jerry shit. man old jerry want that money uh, <laughs> well, how much money does he need got all of it they need all this uh, got that taste i don't know it's crazy it's funny it's funny but yeah i i think um just being real smart and uh, also just being able to diversify your midterm rentals, long-term rentals, being able to uh, get insurance clients, get government contracts. It's time to really dive into that and be truly into the short-term rental space. Yeah, man. We've seen um, in our short t- <laughs> short time investing in, in short-term rentals, we've seen some we've seen some really uh, big swings, you know, because back when you were starting, you saw it on the uptick you know like this is crazy i'm making money out of every single room in my house plus uh you know the condo you had you're making good money on all this stuff and it was easy and then i got into it and started making good money and this is easy and then all of a sudden the, the regulations come start shutting everybody down so the down tick and all of a sudden so we started doing arbitrages uptick and then COVID happened down tick i mean that's just how that's just how life is, man. You got the ups and downs and, and, and you can't just wait for the perfect opportunity to invest. Right. I mean, you just got to go out there and and do it and and then take your licks and learn from them and and then keep going. Yeah, I agree. And I think right now is a great time to be involved, you know, great time to be involved. Like, cause it's just opportunity, you know, when there's blood in the streets, there's opportunity, you know, it's a lot of opportunity out there. You can pick up some really good deals. Um, I would even say, you know, on both sides, arbitrage and buying, you can pick up some really good deals, man. Yeah, yeah. So we're not stopping. Um, it's, I mean, there's been many tempting times to just stop, but we just, 
Mm-hmm. We just kept going. And then the more we do, the more we learn, the more we figure it out, the more we, the better we get at it. You know, good to great, a book on reading. I don't know if you heard of the, you've, you've read that one yet. Good, uh, to it? good to great is Jim Collins. He wrote that. Uh-huh. And it's just talking about what made, what made good businesses make that transition to become great businesses, you know, mm, much and, and it is really cool. And it talks about, you know, the CEOs that led those companies and the, how they did it. Right. And um, it wasn't on ego. It was more just, um, you know, they weren't, they weren't immune to, to bad, uh, you know, bad feedback from the crew, anybody. That's what I'm seeing a, a theme in the whole book is like, anybody in the in the on the team can say hey this is wrong we shouldn't be doing this we should they should not be afraid to go to the leader and say the, the leader the ceo whatever and say something's wrong here we need to fix this or that that whereas companies with egotistical leaders they be like they don't they people are afraid to tell them bad news you know and the company suffers because of it and, and he goes and, and one of the one of the cool things from the book you know i'm still reading it but it's saying um putting the was putting the right you know the being a, a successful business is getting the right people on the bus and getting the wrong people off the bus mm. and, and and it just goes into like like these companies that just you know if you don't fit their what what they're doing what they're trying to do you know that person needs to leave like immediately yeah. you can't say ah oh, well they're doing an okay job at that position you know and blah 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 no it has to you have to you have to kick them off right away you know? That's true, because you they're only there for what you to- allow them allow what you tolerate. Because there's no uh, such thing as a bad team. There's only bad leaders. Yeah, and so leadership. This this book right here, man, dude, is Jocko and Leaf were dro- dropping. Like I will tell you, if you're in the short term rental space and you want to really tighten up your team, like it's kind of very similar to that book. How you said you got to have certain people that have to fit that mold. Um, and if they don't, you got to let them go. He told a story in here where you went to this company and it was just like you were saying, man, they had everyone on board, but there was this one guy, but this one guy, he was the big tech guy. So they, they all kind of feared him. They're like, if he leaves, we're screwed. Right. Mm-hmm. So Jocko was like Jocko and leaf. I think it was Jocko and leaf. They were just kind of consulting them. He was like, well, if you look, think of it like that, you have to remember, um, a person like that is only here because you tolerate them. And so, they ended up getting, I think they ended up getting rid of the guy and they brought someone else in who was there, to, who was a better leader. And the company immediately kept on going and exploded and started crushing their goals, man. So it's really, mm. about, it's, it's, it's leadership, man. That leadership is hot, tough. If you have, hey, these are the strict guidelines of our leadership and this is how we run the team, then you have to get those people on board, man. This, this book's really taught me a lot. Like I found like a bunch of faults in my leadership. So then now my business operations are getting way better. By the way, switch to Monday.com. Best best shit ever. <laughs> our, our, our accountant put us on that Monday.com, you know? I love it. I haven't really poked around with it in, in it too much, so I'm going to check it out some more. Monday.com, huh? Yeah, I love it, man. I'm on there, and um, I can I get notifications when tasks are getting completed. Um, it's just so much stuff. Now I can I have my VAs doing a bigger job. Like, they ain't really got much downtime no more because they're moving their ass. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, it's it's a really really good thing to have. Yeah, Monday.com is the truth. Mm. So you've had to make tough decisions and fire VAs in the past. Yeah, and I'm sick of anyone doing that. So that's why I'm happy I'm using a company now, and um, they they're in control of that. I just tell them, hey, this dude ain't working out. 
chop them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, some good books out there. Um, uh, you got any more topics you wanted to cover? On I have, I have a bunch, but we're oh, we're, go ahead, man. we're up against it. We're up against oh. it, man. <laughs> cool, man. Um, yeah, yeah. That, like I said, that that book, good to great. I've been reading that. It's been giving me uh, a lot of um. I just wrote a lot it. Of, yeah, it's it's good, dude. It's good so far, man. And um, and yeah, making the tough decisions. Leaders got to make the tough decisions, man. It, it it goes into so many different scenarios, and um, almost like burn the ship scenarios and stuff. I'm yeah, gonna... yeah, yeah. What I was, yeah, but because the book I'm reading has been extreme ownership. I actually don't. Oh no, no, I do have a book that I'm reading after this. I'm actually going to be going through Mark Simpson's book direct workbook the book direct workbook which i'm going to be going into next so i can try to really get those direct bookings going and uh i'm gonna actually after i go through it i'm gonna see if i can get my vas to start doing implementing things that i'm learning in there um but yeah man it, yeah books especially extreme ownership this has been a really good one uh mahogany always says i know when you're reading a good book if you keep saying it's good so <laughs> and this good. one yeah, this one's been really good. Like this one's helping my business operations. So yeah, definitely check that one out. And good to great, I'm, I'm, I got that one. And I want to read Tim Grover's winning book. But go ahead. I'll ask you one thing. I'll ask you one thing about. Okay, this is a, a regular setting up your short midterm whatever uh, house that you want to rent out. So this house is comes with um, three three bedrooms, right? It has two dining areas, the, the, the living room, of course. And then it has a front room that looks like it could be an office, right? It's built to be an office, right? There's no closet in it, but it just has that big opening and has a big, so it's a decent sized room. Now, is money better spent, be it being an office or being a game room? Target clientele. Families, game room. Business travel, office. Target clientele. It's all it depends upon. Okay. Yeah. Who's your target clientele? Like for example, if I was in a vacation rental market, like Poconos, wherever vacation rental market, it'd be a game room all day. Because mm-hmm. I know I'm attracting families for vacation rentals. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I gotta clarify that who I'm who I'm okay. serving with that house. It's Grand Prairie. So okay. I'm thinking, well, they might be coming in town for the games and stuff like that, concerts and stuff like that. Maybe I'll make it more of a game room. No, this is my question too on that. People coming in for the games, is it has it been worth it for them coming in for the games? Because how long do they usually stay? About two or three days. Um. Yeah, for the for the games. Yeah, two or three days, something like that. Now, now these houses have been landing us a lot of uh, longer term, you know, midterm bookings, uh-huh. you know, um, but for the games. And, and it is funny because it's not just the eight football games that that, that Jerry gives us. Right. Yeah. It's also the Rangers games. But it's it's there's so many events that happen at that um, Texas, that, that Cowboys uh, AT&T Stadium, AT&T Stadium, oh, the concerts, too. You yeah. know, George, George Strait. I mean, I'm sorry, Garth Brooks, the concert. That was a huge draw. Yeah. Um, and, and um, these guys came and they they were they were part of that you know they turned the whole Dallas Cowboys AT and T Stadium into a freaking dirt bike track and the people yeah. came for that I mean people came for all kinds of crap dude there's so much stuff going on there every single weekend dude so, so um, you think you you think you'd be better served targeting that crowd then with a game room 
And also, is this one of your arbitrages or are you managing it for somebody? This is, a, this is our, our arbitrage. This is a good, this is actually a really good think tank that people, you know, and for people listening, you do kind of have to analyze that. Like, who is your target? That well, you do have to analyze that, not kind of. Now, here's what I'm thinking. Okay. It's, it might serve the kind of both in a way because I do want families to rent it, right? I don't want parties to happen. I want families. Now, if I make a badass game room, that they're gonna the parents are gonna look at it, the kids are gonna look at it over their shoulder oh, let's book that one you know it's got this and that it's got games got and to the parents cool there's a room we can throw the kids in and then we can just hang out and do our thing you know what i'm saying i think that might be a good play i like it too i think that's yeah you plead because you, you're making kids happy they're in their own spot you know i don't know put a ps whatever i haven't even played video games in a while i I believe that would work because i mean even the cowboy games you have people bringing their kids when i used to rent out rooms i had a guy bring his daughter to a packer game let me ask that's yeah let me ask a dumb question so how does the ps fives tens whatever it is now how does that work do these kids now have subscriptions so wherever they go whatever system they get on they can sign in and play their games Exactly. So, so I don't gotta buy fucking games. You there's two versions. You can buy one where you put in discs, so you have to buy the game, or you can buy one where it's digital and you download the games from the cloud. But at the same time, if they have it at home, but I think from what I I've, I've heard, they have to have it on their cloud, and then they can download it to their PS5 to your PS5. From what I heard, you wouldn't have to buy games. I wouldn't even worry about that. I mean. That's a good question I would ask somebody because just from the logistics standpoint, should I have games available? And then, because mm. I think you would want to charge for them to use that. That's a high-end item. I put a red box in my house. <laughs> yeah. There's a red box down the way. There's a red box down the way. They can rent games there, right? Yeah. But I don't know if they have PS5 games in there. I have no idea about any of this stuff. I don't know. Because I don't know. Because it almost seems redundant. Because if they can just download it, ain't about to go to no damn red box. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting. But I, I would definitely charge Noble's the one who put us on that. He charges to have access to that. Because you're kind of basically kind of taking a deposit for them having access to it. And then you have your other insurances on top of that. You know what I mean? Mm. Okay. Yeah, because okay. that's a high-end item. I mean, I would hate for someone to steal that. That it would still wouldn't even be worth a proper claim because you've got to pay thousand for it. The thousand for the uh for the um for the deductible. So I mean on super hog it'll be worth it, but hmm, that's a good question, man. That's a good question. We need to have someone on who rents out who does the video game thing. I've heard a lot of people do it, but the logistics of it is what I've always been kind of apprehensive about them like so you put a six seven hundred because i mean imagine this you buy a ps5 hell one game costs 70 bucks so the the system itself costs what 500 you're already in at 570 <laughs> it's, it's an investment bro <laughs> yeah, <I'm> just, <laughs> that's it expensive bro i mean you know but th- that, that's i like your thinking on it though but if you were to put like a gaming system in there i think you could buy like you know like some crash bandicoot you know stuff like that for kids and then kind of cater to that crowd. Um, one cool thing that I seen that Heba showed me on one of her listings, what I would also put in there, if there's not carpet in there, set up their own little kids um, table for them to eat. 
That's been mm. that. That's a hit. Yeah, you set up a kid's table for them to eat at. It's a good yeah. idea, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, 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 it that, that that target avatar is huge on that. Like, where do you you know? Because um, like the reason I like Plano, because it's always business travel. It's guaranteed business travel. Just do business travel. It doesn't miss because you're right there. Plano, Richardson, Frisco, Allen, all that's up there. Yeah, and you, you got a brothel right there in town. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Speaking of regulations, now that might get regulated. Uh, you know, so it's just crazy. One bad operator, but bad that's that. But that that's literally. I'm happy you brought that up because I want people who who are getting into the space. You do have to look at okay, who's coming to this area, and that was one reason we why we liked Grand Prairie to begin with. Okay, I'm right next door to the stadium. And then I start thinking, well, damn, how often is people coming to the stadium? But if they're having constant events and then you have people that are coming to town, you have multiple people to serve and you're right between Dallas and Arlington. So, I mean, you can't really miss. Mm. Yeah. I like the location myself. Yeah. We're I, big I, on I, it. Yeah. yeah I would any, t- I, all you listeners out there, stay away from Grand Prairie. It's no good. <laughs> <laughs> it See, Think about Grand Prairie. I think it's just so much opportunity because as long as Arlington has these regulations in, they're going to miss that money. They're going to, I mean, you're going to get the money from the tourism, people coming to shop, buy stuff at the stadium, but mm-hmm. them people ain't about to stop at no gas station in Arlington. They're in Grand Prairie making all, giving all that money away. So let them lose yeah. on them. Yeah. Grand Prairie said, come over here. Y'all can do Airbnbs all day. If I was the city council, I'd be doing it too. Like, <laughs> They Arlington shit. They got Texas Live making all the money. Hell, we'll let anybody make money. You know, so, <laughs> seriously. That's why. I've, like, now, oh, go ahead. I will give some mad props to um, finally. You know, Arlington. You know, they announced the new XFL team names, and it was the the Arlington Juggernauts, or I don't know, whatever it was. But they named the team Arlington, whereas before the XFL did their. You know, during COVID, they went bankrupt or whatever. Um, they were named the Dallas, whatever Argonauts, whatever they, whatever the team name was, they named them Dallas, even though they were in freaking Arlington proper, right? Just like the Cowboys are. But I understand the Cowboys, it's the Dallas Cowboys. But I say you couldn't even get an XFL team named after your city. You're doing all this shit for them. But you know, after we're in this year, they're relaunching the XFL. The, the Rock is bringing the XFL back, and um, they named it Arlington, the Arlington whatever the fucks the Arlington <laughs> oh yeah Jerry wasn't about to have them name that shit Dallas <laughs> they, they was named Dallas though before they were it was named Dallas when there was uh, every team that comes here the freaking uh WNBA team in there in a, in a gymnasium in in the University of well, I mean, UTA, you, UTA and they're called the Dallas Wings you couldn't even get a good things though bro yeah I think you're saying that because you're from here us when I hear Dallas, I'm thinking of DFW Dallas. No, so I see. I okay. Yeah, no, no, no. But, I'm a Fort Worth. Fort Worth and Dallas ain't the same. Arlington and Dallas ain't the yeah. same to me. Yes. Yeah, I know to you because you're from here. Like me, yeah. if you would if I take you to Portland, I'm gonna tell you, yeah, Portland, this these this part of Portland is different. But I mean to tourists that want to come, they're like DFW, third largest metroplex. Mm. So if they hear Dallas, they that's the attraction, Dallas. Just so, like New England, New England Patriots don't play in New England. Exactly. That's the it's the name of the whole area. <laughs> Boston or whatever, you know what uh, I mean? Foxborough. Foxborough. You know? <laughs> so yeah, it's just 
that's just how you know that's how you get your tourist attraction and that's why they're america's team they know jerry knows what he's doing he ain't gonna win no title but he knows what he's doing we're gonna win it this year bro <laughs> give us more than one playoff game I, will, I, will. I am hoping for a playoff game a playoff game would be that would be nice if you can get a playoff game um that would be perfect but i will tell people as soon as you hear the date of that playoff game go up them rates go up the rates i mean you that 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 shit goes quick. Mm. And you're going to be, somebody's going to get sniped. So <laughs> somebody's about to get sniped. I, hey, we, go ahead. We, we got some Astros bookings down there in Houston for the World oh, Series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good hit. That was a good hit. Yeah, that was a good hit, man. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely tell people, yeah, go ahead. And the day you hear about those, I would keep my ears to the radio on that one. Mm. Yes, what, sir. I, I would take it. Yeah, I th- I, they should get in. I mean, the Eagles... Yeah, they should get it. Well, if the uh, I don't know, the division's kind of good. Eagles and the Giants are good. Mm-hmm. They yeah, we'll get- still we'll still get in as a wild card at least, hopefully. But um, we'll see. They got to come to our house one more time. The Eagles, come on, bring it. <laughs> You're kicking some ass, man. Yeah, yeah man. Another episode in the bag, episode 230. It's been a kind of a long one, man, but we've been, it was some good stuff. Y'all learn how to knock PMI off your house without getting a refinance. Uh, y'all learned about text marketing, email marketing. Um, I wanted to touch on our end of the year goals, but we'll do our do it on the next uh, me and you at man. We'll touch on our end of the year goals because it's it's uh, we're creeping up, man. It's almost twenty twenty three, man. Um, but good yeah, things coming for LLT. Yes, sir. We got good things coming. We are gonna keep pumping this stuff out, man. So um, yeah, thank y'all for continuing to listen, Steve. Go into your spill. Uh, find us at liveletthrive.com. Send us an email at liveletthrive at gmail.com. Uh, hit us on IG at liveletthrive. Facebook, I believe the same. You know, just find us. We're out there. Live Let Thrive. You know us. You love us. You want to be like us. So keep following us. I don't know. I just made that up. Whatever. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. We love you. Peace. We are out. Oh, by the way, if you do have any crap-looking houses that are uh, that you see around DFW area, hit me up. Uh, hit up Mahogany on Instagram. Uh, text our line. It's all on Instagram and our link tree, man. And uh, yeah, we do hit up referrals. Oh, you do what? We do pay referrals. Oh, cool. And Argus Rentals, if you need a place to be managed really, really, really nicely for you, ArgusRentals.com. Argus is the largest. A-R-G-E-S-T Rentals. That's my company, y'all. Hit me up. Call me up. I'll answer. All right. Thank you for everything. Adios, Micah. We'll see you on the flip side, my brother. You got a big text come in. Yes, sir. We are out. My bad. Yeah. Wife text me. (laughs) I thought you just closed on a house or something. Shit. Sure, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my brother. Peace. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.